We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental suit fitness. Coffee time. All right, and welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm Jason Floyd, your host, and we are joined by a virtual bevy of personalities and peoples from the community today. This is a roundtable, and uh, this is a little bit different format than we usually have. Uh, we've got four mics here, but uh, we have five guests. So uh, folks are going to weigh in uh, with their thoughts and comments, and it's just kind of an open forum. This is the regular scheduled, the scheduled time that we have the Liberty Action AK group here at uh, Ammo Can Coffee. And so um, I just want to welcome uh, Nancy Silverman. And um, some folks may talk more than others, but uh, welcome Nancy. Uh, Jennifer Kindred, Pamela Whitkopf, and... Garrett Ennis and Nick. Nick, how did I say your last name? Canning. 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 Like the salmon. Canning. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, so we'll get started right here real quick. But before we do, um, check out our Facebook page. If you have not done so lately, we've been posting a lot of information and content there about some exciting changes we've made to the club, uh, some new initiatives. Um, we have a... Uh, membership loyalty program that we have rolled out. Uh, there uh, are a number of ways that you can get involved with that, but one of the biggest, easiest ways to do that is by buying our loyalty card. Now, this is a prepaid coffee card. You can actually buy more than just coffee with that. Anything in the shop you can buy with that that's uh, for sale. And uh, every time you reload your card for every $10 you put on it, you get a spin on our uh, cool little Japanese uh, slot machine over there. If you hit a jackpot, you get the total value of your card reimbursed to you. So in essence, you get a free coffee card. Plus your name also gets entered into a quarterly drawing. Uh, If anybody hits a jackpot, uh, they go right to the front of the list for that drawing at the end of the quarter. And um, if nobody hits a jackpot in the quarter, then everybody who's bought a card is eligible to be drawn. And uh, so for our free members, what that looks like is you're going to get access to a bunch of swag that we have here in the shop. So we've got some new mugs. We've got uh, T-shirts and hoodies and, of course, always coffee and coffee cards and that kind of stuff. But for our premium members, and this is really where uh, our efforts are directed most, is to encourage people to become paid members of the coffee shop. And uh, we have some great uh, partners who have uh, stepped up and are supporting this. And so for those elite members who have paid for their membership, they get a separate quarterly drawing. The grand prize this quarter, which we'll draw uh, in the first of the year, so right after the new year, we're going to draw a winner for a getaway trip in Seldovia for two at the House on the Rock B&B. And then that's going to also include a uh, totally catered uh, experience on the water doing a Winter King charter. 
So this this uh, package is valued at just over a thousand dollars. And uh, if you want to bring some friends with you, the hosts of this uh, this prize have said that for an extra five hundred bucks a head, uh, you can bring up to two guests with you. So if you if you just broke it out as a neat way to to get out with some friends, you could have four people stay at the House on the Rock B and B in Soldovia for two nights. And all four of you could go fishing for 250 bucks a head, which is a screaming deal. So uh, that's one of our sponsors. Another one is the Homer Inn and Spa. You may remember that name from the campaign season, Paul and Marilyn Huper. Uh, they own and operate that. Paul was running for uh, lieutenant governor on the Kirka ticket. And uh, they have offered up a, a night for two at the spa. And then uh, we have some other, other options uh, as well. Um, John over at Mad Creations Tattoo has given $100 towards a tattoo tattoo touch-up or uh, a new tattoo. So if you want to get a new tattoo, that's that'll be one of the other prizes. Uh, we have Hot Dogs a la carte has jumped in. They're offering a full meal for a family. Uh, and so Lynette uh, over there at Hot Dogs a la carte has always been a great supporter. She also provides, by the way, our giant cookies and our burritos. Uh, so if you've enjoyed those giant cookies and burritos, that covert comes from, cookies. yeah, yeah, they're covert. They're so large, you can hide from CCTV behind them. <laughs> so when, when they say, uh, you know, who was the culprit? They can say, all I know is was a man had a giant cookie in front of his face and we didn't get his ID. So <laughs> anyway, uh, well, Garrett, why don't you lead us off here and talk a little bit about the history, uh, origins of this group that's come to be known as Liberty Action AK. Yeah, so Liberty Action Alaska, basically, uh, go ahead and pull the mic up closer. Oh yeah. So since we uh, we kind of gathered uh, about uh, about a year ago, uh, would have been September of uh, 2021 when there was a lot of uh, uh, COVID uh, lockdown measures, COVID related uh, things, mask mandates, vaccine, all the all that stuff was going on, right? So a lot of people, uh, you know, across the nation, but I mean, even her locally businesses such as yours, right, was was affected by that. Because if you weren't an essential business, then you would be, uh, you basically wouldn't be able to run your business, right? So anyhow, uh, there was a lot of, I think, um, people that were concerned about that. So we held a, uh, a rally, Liberty Rally, and I was at the Soldatna, the park, uh, September, well, like I said, September of 21. Had a pretty good showing. We had some, uh, some some good people, conservative people that came out, politicians such as David Eastman, Chris Kirka. Uh, we also had local uh, health, um, uh, I guess, experts. Call experts. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in their, in practitioners. Their yeah. Practitioners. So, like, you know, Kristen Geisler and, and, uh, and Steve, they came out with, um, with what they had the knowledge of. And of course, I think a lot of people were just kind of wanting to get together with like minded individuals uh, as far as uh, a rally around. Uh, our individual autonomy and liberty. So we had that, and it was good showing, and uh, that was the start of Alaska uh, uh, Liberty Action AK, um, which, you know, we started as kind of a small group. Just people came, and they uh, put their email list, and we sent out emails, and we've been meeting here at the Ammo Cam. Um, what we did was uh, met every Saturday at around this time, about 1.30, and uh, we did that. It was pretty uh, it was pretty good. We pretty, had a pretty good active group. Um, like to talk about items that we can actively get engaged in in the community to affect change uh really necessarily affect change but really try and set the stage for people to 
get into the community as far as uh, uh, what we can do for our autonomy, I guess, lack of a better word. So Now, uh, we have Jennifer here, Jennifer Kendred uh, from the Sterling area community. And the uh, first time I met Jennifer was shortly after we had the rally in the park. And Jennifer was doing something similar uh, in Sterling with uh, raising community awareness about liberty issues. And Jennifer, you want to talk a little bit about about that group and and how that started and where it sort of ended up and and what your continued uh, activism is uh, looking like in the community? Sure. So kind of like Garrett was saying, I just um, saw a lot of different things going on that made you go, hmm. And so then you, um, if you were not functioning in your um, amygdala, which is your fear, flight, or fight, flight um, brain, you could get up in your frontal lobe and really look at things critically, although people didn't really want you to. And so um, I'm a historian at heart and um, love my history, have been over to Omaha and Juneau Beach over there in France. And so really know my German history and the tactics that Hitler used and the different um, things that went about during World War II. And I started seeing some parallels and some similarities. And so I started renting the Sterling Community Center on my own dime. It started at once a month, and then people that would show up to the meetings, they just wanted more. So every two weeks... I just brought a group of people, whoever um, wanted to come, and it was opened up. And we we talked about um, different things that uh, we just gathered, and they wanted us not to gather, right? So we were all quarantined because when we get together and we can provide our own personal experiences and maybe a different way of looking at things, um, we become a little more powerful because uh, people in masses – Critically thinking together to solve problems can uh, really put an agenda, um, kind of stifle a, a canned agenda by people. And so we would all bring, uh, we talked about the elections, so a lot of things came out. I would have people raise their hand and say, well, I voted at this precinct and this happened. And then somebody else would raise their hand and go, well, wait a minute, I got five absentee ballots at my house and I've never received one in my whole entire life. And so it just really ping pong back and forth. We talked about that. We talked about um, the COVID um, vaccines and different things. I brought my fact sheets right off from the CDC website so everyone could do their own research on what was listed as ingredients. And it was a big aha um, for people, and so it's original fact checker over here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and not, not no algorithm here, <laughs> and, and not living in uh, Pakistan uh, like the uh, Facebook pack, uh, yeah. Uh, fact yeah. checkers. Yeah. So just uh, I I stepped away from the mic for a minute to pick up the Liberty Action AK uh, statement of purpose, and this is something that the group worked on at its earliest inception, following the Liberty um, rally in the park, and. Uh, just to be clear, Liberty Action has no real centralized leadership um, or uh, organizational status as far as the state is concerned. You know, it's not a 51C3. It's not a corporation. Um, it's just a group of concerned uh, community uh, members who get together for coffee and, and uh, occasionally a potluck. And um, But I wanted to go ahead and read that statement of purpose just so that if, if you're still sort of scratching your head and wondering 
what Liberty Action is, um, here's what it is. It's a, uh, we exist to defend, retain, and secure those rights guaranteed in our state and federal constitutions. We accomplish this by educating, equipping, and supporting individual members of our community to operate and share as agents of change within their sphere of influence. So, you know, I like that last part, that sphere of influence, because each of us really, in our own right, uh, are influencers. We have people who listen to us. And um, now, we may not always be the best source of information, but uh, we become better sources of information when we uh, get together like we do with Liberty Action AK, because we, we educate ourselves. We work to uh, become more knowledgeable about the issues that have kind of popped up on our radar. And what's cool about this circle of influence is that when we get together as uh, community members with Liberty Action is all those circles intersect, right? And so we each are gleaning information from this age of information that, that where it's kind of like you can't consume it all. It's trying to catch a storm in a Dixie cup. Yeah, you know, or trying to get a, a drink of water from a fire hose. It's you'll get water, <laughs> but you may not get a good drink. Um, but uh, so so really, you know, as as we get together, there's different things we're doing now. Last week, w- the group met. Uh, it was the first time that the group has met since we sort of went on hiatus for the summer. Yeah, and we started a video series. Uh, Garrett, you want to bring us up to speed on kind of sure. what the the, the, uh, the goal is for the group with the video series? Well, I just wanted to try and bring another format to see, uh, to kind of provide fodder for discussion, which is, uh, I think it's really good because it's, it's a good series. It's called Propaganda Exposed. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, like like you said, we, we're not able to gather all this information, you know, and so it's it's good to be able to kind of go off something and, and, and look into it, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I learned something new with that video, just with the first uh, disc. You know, there's eight discs in this series. We're hoping to get people to come out, check it out. Uh, each disc is probably roughly two to three hours, so it's, it's a bit long. So we only watched about an hour and ten minutes or so of it last time. Uh, but, like, in that, I learned, for example, that uh, under Obama administration in 2012, that under the, uh, the new defense, uh, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act, that there was a revision or an amendment introduced, by the way, by uh, one Republican from Texas and one Democrat from Washington, which basically uh, would have done away with the uh, uh, Smith-Munt Act of 1948. And that was basically making it legal now to propagandize the citizens of this country. Whereas before we were doing that to other countries and and things like that, but now this actually made it uh, written down to to legally propagandize. uh, And we uh, use that to topple regimes. Yeah, sure. With other right. other other nations, so now now it's legal well, now to it's, use it. Now it's official that the media can actually do this in our out, own out country to topple our own regime. Right. So when you think about misinformation, and then they're saying, you know, don't listen to this misinformation, et cetera, and they're trying to come up with, uh, you know, their their truth uh, uh, agency. You know that they're actually legally now allowed to spread misinformation themselves. You know. And I'm talking about when I say they, I'm talking about the Pentagon, you know, the CIA and such. Well, when you said he was going to fundamentally change America, we we're all like, what? Yeah. And then it took how many years? And now we're going, yep. yep. Right. Yep. So um, I wanted to pull some of the other folks in here real quick. Come on back to the mic, uh, Pamela. Um, uh, Pamela joined Liberty Action pretty 
I guess pretty closely after we we organized. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and just rotate that towards you. And uh, I wanted Pamela to be on today for a variety of reasons, but she has a tremendous accent <laughs> that is like perfect for radio. Yeah. And uh, and radio is so much theater of the mind, you know. And so uh, the, the the rich diversity of people and backgrounds and stories makes this story a lot more interesting. And and Pamela brings a lot to the group. Uh, she she is uh, most noteworthy in my mind for just sort of dropping little seeds, like questions, like what about this? What do you think about this? Or I heard this. What do you think? And uh, that's so important when we have groups because it's it's it is actually whether or not she wants to admit it is a form of facilitation. So you help proctor or or, or uh, not proctor. That's not the right word. Um, oh, it's the Socratic way, isn't it? Yeah, is yeah. Question. It is. It is. So so Pamela, uh, would you mind telling us just a little bit about what interested you in the group when you heard about it? Well, the open mindedness and always searching for the truth, which I think is so important. And this group facilitates all of that. So I was very drawn. And the characters here are just amazingly interesting and caring people. And we have to care about our community. Yes. And I like that last word that you use, community, because I think that really does define the group. I mean, I can read a position statement, but really it is about community. It's about getting to know one another and, and sharing and, uh, and learning from each other and that, that diversity of experience that we bring to the mic um, or to the group or to the potluck or whatever. Yeah, it means, that, that means getting actively involved. That's kind of you know, the reason right. why we did, did that. You know? Now, we had gathered today as we normally do to you know sitting in a circle down in the cafe and waiting for more folks to show up and sometimes lots of people show up and sometimes it's just a handful and we're just getting starting started again this year and um, it being fall and one of the probably the last warm sunny days of the year um, you know we didn't have as many people show up and I hadn't done a podcast for a while and I said well why don't we just take it off the floor and put it around the, the podcasting studio and have our conversation. And because some, some really interesting conversations were already starting to happen. And um, uh, there was some discussion about Chairman Mao and uh, some, some parallels with our own local government here and how that operates. And um, if folks don't mind, I'd like to just like kick us back onto that track because I, I was starting to get pretty interested in where that was heading um there were some observations and i think jennifer you made this observation about the borough assembly you want to kind of pick up on what what we're talking about sort of the strategy of marxists or the or a maoist um in that that sort of chinese expression of marxism um how they interact with the populist society the huddled masses and uh, what we can expect to see and maybe some things that are already being observed? Yeah, so um, if I would encourage everyone, if they haven't um, had an opportunity recently or even in the past year to attend the Borough Assembly meetings, they're quite a show there. And um, we've got definitely the Marxist agenda is very much um, alive and working during those meetings. And so 
Um, one of the tactics that are, the Marxists will instill is um, or exhibit is they'll cut off uh, speakers that do not uh, believe the way they believe or speaking um, against um, the, their policies. Um, and the, the borough assembly here very much, it's on recording. You can um, go back and revisit their meetings. They've been put on notice because they definitely are cutting people off. President Johnson at three minutes, if you're a conservative and you're up there talking about the vaccine and the mandates, how we should not be forcing people um, to do anything, you have three minutes and by, by God, when that buzzer goes off, you're, he cuts you off. If you are more, you know, I would say liberal-minded person, like-minded um, of him, he will, he'll let some people go 15 minutes um, and not stop and interrupt them. And so it's, I mean, it's on recording. I have also spoke with a couple of groups that have actually emailed in and said, you are definitely um, one-sided. And one of their arguments was is that they weren't going to, uh, they weren't giving enough um, exposure to the Zoom people. So all the people in the meetings were, were being allowed to speak and then the Zoom people weren't. And so um, anyway, I know, I know there's, been, there's been different people complaining about how they're conducting the business down there. Well, I just had kind of a humorous thought, you know, I mean, we hear this word thrown around in, in, in our culture and in the media, uh, and it's this word equity. Right. And and equity uh, essentially tries to raise some people up by bringing other people low. And we, we recently heard Joe Biden say that they were going to be rolling out all this disaster relief money in Florida, but that they were going to be using equity standards for for, uh, you know, making sure that the money got to the right places. So maybe Mr. Johnson is is just uh, uh, demonstrating his affinity towards instilling equity in council chambers when somebody has a really good argument and they can make it in three minutes and other people need more time because you have to lower the bar for them. So you essentially have to give them more time. So when that three minutes is up, they, they need they need 15 minutes to actually make a compelling argument, whereas somebody like yourself, you could probably do it in like, two minutes and 20 seconds or less possibly possibly yeah. you know so so it's it's probably not from a nefarious place that he's doing this he's just trying to be more accommodating to those who who have uh, disabilities so wouldn't you think then let's get rid of the buzzer and then it can be all equitable because we can all get our point across, right? Well, you know, every time I see a license plate, and this is tangential, but uh, uh, that says uh, for official use only or, or um, a public vehicle, I keep waiting my turn. I want to drive one of those really uh, fast. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's publicly owned. So, yeah. you know, we should each have a crack at, you know. Driving it. I want to I borrow. Go on, online and reserve one of those. Yeah, yeah. We should reserve a police cruiser for the weekend. <laughs> you know, that'd be like, fun. Yeah. The, uh, the, unmarked, the unmarked one. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, we have a couple other folks at the table here. And um, uh, Nick, uh, last time I spoke to you, you were driving cab. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, cab drivers are kind of like bartenders. You get what you get as it walks through the door, and uh, uh, 
but that gives you a lot of exposure to um, well, every virus in 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 the community, a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've probably got have to have an iron constitution when it comes to your immune system. It's kind of like being a kindergarten teacher, I think. But uh, but you also get to hear the stories, mm-hmm. and you talk to people. I assume mm-hmm. as a cabbie, are, are you still doing cab driving? Yeah. Or? yeah okay. Yeah. Which is quite a change from <clears throat> my previous career, but. Um, Here's what's interesting. Here's here's the common theme that I keep hearing is what are we going to do about it? When I raise some of these questions and concerns, people just kind of throw their arms up and hands up in there and they say, What are we going to do about it? Here's the problem is we we have to identify the problem to come up with a solution. And there's not one person that has all the solutions, right? I mean that's why we're here. Um, <clears throat> but that that this is to me, I mean, I mean, the major part of this fight that we're in, we have to identify the problems and where they are. And what we're doing right now, we're like running in circles. And there's a lot of infighting, especially in, in the conservative sphere of things. Um, and I think part of it was by design to destroy the, I don't want to say so far as the right, but the adversarial party to, to some of these to these policies that are coming down the pike and you know whether it was by design or whether it was by chance i mean when trump came along i think a lot of the reagan republicans or no historically you know farther to the right conservatives non-neocons i, I mean I, I think he really appealed to them but at the same time we've really weakened the um the opposition political party to what I call new age Marxism, which was what this is. I mean, I mean, the, the Western mind works completely different than like the Eastern mind when it comes to political conquering. The people that were, that were in a fight against, they don't look at it in terms of two and four and eight years to them. Victory. There is no timeline. There is no timeline. I mean, we're fighting the same, um, the same forces that we, we've been fighting basically since 1917. You know, and, and it's just Marxism is a virus and it just goes from country to country to country. And right now, the host that I wonder if they have a mask for that. Right, exactly. In the, right an, now, an, right an, now, the host, an anti-vax, an, an anti-Marxist uh, mask. Yeah, and right, right now, the host is China. That, that's the host that it's bleeding dry. I mean, that's the host that it's destroying. And I just find it interesting, back in the 80s, if we had corporations that were tied with the Soviets, like we do today, with all of our corporations tied to the Chinese communists, I mean, that, that would have been unheard of in the 1980s. So, but today, it's just normal. So where do you see, where do you see groups like, like the World Economic Forum fitting into this this? structure because i i understand the chinese being you know kind of the primary host for communism right or this this marxism but but we see a, a new kind of marxism i think or different kind of marxism coming out of the world economic forum right what are your thoughts on that about the world economic forum yeah and how they fit into this I mean, they're just—I mean, they're just one of the instruments into um, the Great Reset. I mean, they are the—I mean, 
it's just like the UN and everyone else. I mean, they're just one of the, um, they're just the, the latest um, instrument in the policies that they want to introduce. And can I add to that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't know if you can hear me. No, pull the, let me, pull the uh, mic Let over. me just add to that uh, idea that in in the political arena and the grand chessboard, uh, you know, you have the World Economic Forum, which is Klaus Schwab. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, they've been meeting in Davos for a Klaus long Schwab, Rumenstein, and Dunleavy. <laughs> I think that's the, that the, that's the, the rank tier? and file. So, yeah, right. you've got, there you go. you got the so, commander-in-chief. Yeah, uh, some generals, and, and then you got it, private done. Anytime I listen to Klaus Schwab talk, he reminds me of like one of the uh, Doctor uh, Evil. Well, not like from like uh, the Star Wars. Uh, oh you know, yeah, yeah. Reminds yeah. me of like one of the, the generals. The, the, yeah, yeah, like like I am the uh, the the Congress. What does he say? I am the Senate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 just the way he talks, the you know, just, right. and the way he dresses. Too. Anyways, <laughs> I believe that the World Economic Forum, which is is a, is, a, is is basically made up of a lot of multi billionaires. And they believe that that uh, the way that uh, the the world should operate uh, is kind of a high uh, high tech uh, techni- technocratic society where everybody's going to be on a digital currency. You know, they're already going to try and roll out the CBDCs with the central bank digital currencies. Now, as far as like what China and Russia and say, all that represent, say, say that one more time. The CBDCs, sorry, yes. the, CBDCs so are going to be not, rolled out. This is not out. your this CBD is, oil. This is right. this is CBDC. <laughs> yes. CBDC. Say say what that means. So again. that's central bank digital currencies. Okay. Right. All right. And we we're. we're quite aware aware of uh, cryptocurrencies right mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies i i believe started out i really do believe that it was it was it was a philosophy to decentralize uh the way that we uh, uh operate trade in, on a global level because we are now living the, out of the middle right yeah. you're kicking kick the middle man out of the, yeah exactly so the banks have run that for for a long 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 time right so anyhow uh they don't like that right so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna roll with it in a sense but they're gonna create their own version of it right so it's not gonna be uh privacy coins which there does exist monero and and uh pirate pirate chain pirate coin those are great you can operate as in, in on a global level uh with uh with a digital currency that it acts as cash right but they want everybody to be uh track traced and data-based and that's what this is about. But now, as far as what China and Russia is concerned, they're not a part of the World Economic Forum, right? They're, they're in a sense, you know, when you start to get to these power structures and in a new uh, time, a new, new era where you have power structures that are shuffling and who's valuing for, for the new central power or whatever, you know, I think that uh, Russia and China, they have their own agenda, but they're not a part of that club. They're not a part of that club. They're not going to Davos. So you haven't seen the information then that um, Putin is part and was part of, of the, the world, young, the young leadership. leadership. Yeah, I saw that. Putin was, yeah, yeah. I didn't of, know that. of the world. So economic was Tulsi forum. Gabbard, though, right? But but I, in a sense, I I kind of trust Tulsi Gabbard more than I trust Putin. Why? Why? Well, just because of her background and what her service in the in the country. You know, she served in the military and she's active. She's active duty right now. And and she, uh, I, I, when I listen to her and I, and also when she was uh, on the Democratic uh, stage with the, the Democratic debates in uh, 2016, you noticed how the media would shun her. They didn't give her much uh, spotlight. Okay, and I noticed they did the same thing with Ron Paul back in the day too, yep. when he was, was on the Republican platform. They didn't give him a lot of time. So when you pay attention to who the media is. Uh, uh, 
not steering you away from. Right. Yeah. Then right. you then you need to look at well, why are they trying to push this person and not allowing this other person to have much time. So and then Dulce Gabbard, you know, she left. She left the Democratic Party because you know what the Democratic Party was not what it used to be. It's 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 become completely radicalized. Well, I want to want to take a minute here and pull Nancy in. And uh, Nancy's quietly sitting over here uh, trying to be small and uh, voiceless. But that's not what Liberty Action AK is about. And I know that Nancy has a voice. She's used it. She's been a great source of information and encouragement for me. And so, Nancy, I'm, gonna make, I'm, I'm just going to make it simple for you. What drew you to Liberty Action AK? Why do you keep coming? I mean, because you could be doing other things on a Saturday. You'll need to pull the mic closer to you or scoot up. Okay, if I start talking, I may not stop. But that's okay. Um, that's good. That's the, good. Um, well, it was that the rally. Yeah, the rally we had at the you know the main street. Oh, no, main not street. that that's one. Right. It was in November. November. Oh, the cold one. About yeah, below zero. No vaccine. Right. Whatever mandate that they were gonna. Well, they were gonna impose one at the hospital, and it was like really. Freaking cold outside. I don't know if you guys it remember. It was 20 that. below. It was, they, it really was like cold. a real cold day and the wind was blowing. <laughs> yes. And it was just like, I finally felt like, because of what I had been through even personally prior to that in my in my life, um, of knowing that things were not, okay, yeah. So it was like, wow. So it was like, okay, a group, in other words, we don't, I mean, I'm learning a lot. I'm not. I'm not a political person. But what I want to say is, what what's happened for me in the last couple of years is that. Um, I mean, I know exactly when it happened. It's March seventeenth, twenty twenty. I was down in Arizona. I don't know if this is okay. What yeah, I'm no, this is what and, it's about. And I was meeting my friend <laughs> Kathy, my lovely friend. We were going to meet for dinner, and I heard on the radio going up to the restaurant that. The restaurants, every, I mean, I could start crying when I talk about this, that the restaurants, everything was going to be, you know, the lockdown, the lockdown. And I go, and right in my gut, that's why I I don't want to ever, I don't want to ever ignore my intuition anymore. I said, you can't, this is not good. You cannot lock an economy down. I don't care if it's two weeks or whatever. So, so now two and a half years later, I mean, my life is completely, it's completely different. And so um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, with this comment, but it's like. So, so, so would I you am, say that was a traumatic time? I mean, for you, it's just. Tr- yeah, trauma doesn't, yeah. Uh, traumatic is, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's my whole, everything, you know, that you think, that I think I want to believe in all, um, not that I was ever that fond of the government but (laughs) you didn't think it was as bad as it was yeah so i think a lot and i think this is a really a spiritual um i don't know if you want to call it battle or warfare and it it it's going to be played out on i mean i i think my part in it is more of a spiritual kind of component like to stay positive to stay uplifted and and because truth is a truth is a big big thing now would you would you consider yourself a praying person oh oh yeah okay i mean it may not look the way other people you know right it may look a little differently like i don't go to uh, necessarily a 
a, a place of worship. Right. But anyway, so this is this is a very um, like raising my consciousness and staying in my own truth and and understanding that I. I mean, if I find my voice on a microphone, because I don't, I never talked into a microphone in my whole life, but I'm a sovereign, you, you know, I'm a sovereign being. And where does my, you know, where does everything come from? It doesn't come from any earthly entity. She's pointing say, at me, folks. No, I'm not pointing. <laughs> at, it's like a government. It doesn't come from the government. My, you know, my well-being my anything so it's it's a personal responsibility i mean eventually you know i don't really want to talk well i want to want to key off of something that that you you mentioned i mean that i hadn't even thought about that that uh rally we had in kenai for a while but that was i think measuring the two rallies i mean the true believers i think that the, the the people who weren't just curious, but were legitimately invested in saying, we must take a stand. They were walking that street with the signs. They were out there in their wool and their 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 fur hats and whatever they could <laughs> bundle up with. Mm-hmm. We even had a fire going, a PA system, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of entertainment. Uh, um, we got tons of honks, tons of yeah. support. But really, I mean... When people lay it on the line, and they were, I mean, we they, this was frostbite weather, you right. know, and um, uh, that that was a profound time. That was that was during the time when Biden had come out saying that the federal uh, anybody associated with federal government were going to have to be vaccinated. Vaccinated. And so there were people there, like uh, for instance, we had a person there uh, who was uh, employed by FAA, right? And he was speaking to that. Right. And so you had people that were, uh, I think, and Biden said, "We've there. been patient with you." Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at, yeah, you know, the thing is, is that you look at these kind of things. This is what we're talking about is individual choice. Sure, if you want to go get a vaccine, go ahead, go get it. You know what? But uh, you, time and time again, since we are a system that is basically put together by uh, individual uh, people, we're flawed, no matter what system it may be. And it could be an institution uh, that, like the CDC, for example, uh, you know, they're, they're the point of that. Uh, system the institution is to educate people on, on certain things right the certain uh, viral uh, uh, that pandemics. was the understanding right that's right but now <laughs> we're starting to see that you know what these institutions can be corrupted and it's shown in the past that the institutions have been corrupted well and so we're starting to come out now if you look at it the data is coming out that we have millions of people that have been uh, vaccinated now are coming out with uh, either deaths have died I mean, Jennifer, you were bringing up that earlier, you know, people that uh, have, you know, been, uh, have died, gotten vaccinated, or they had serious adverse effects, all the stuff now it's being, being demanded. What was it, a court order or something that the CDC has, is going to have to uh, uh, reveal? Yeah. And not in like 75 years or whatever Right, it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was tuned in while you're looking that up, Jennifer. Um, I was tuned into One American News this morning. They had a roundtable going. They do a roundtable on Saturdays. And um, they were talking about how Europe is now woken up to the lie that is the vaccine and that there's some serious, critical um, action and questions uh, being asked and taken. Right? I guess they're taken and asked um, about that. And they were the, the, the people in the roundtable were commenting on how ironic it was that um, Europe, of all places, would be the first to come forward and be 
critically minded about this now. I mean, it's a little late. There's a lot of people that have been vaccinated and time will only tell, you know, what kind of damage has been done to them and their offspring if they're lucky enough to have offspring. And um, but that that, uh, you know, our country has been so slow to to act, to act and, and even to ask those critical questions. And and I'm not so certain that it's a matter of us being slow to act or ask those questions. I really think that that we have experienced a bloodless coup of yeah. the of of our system of our republic, and that that the, the media is complicit in it, and uh, that uh, we no longer control the republic. And you know, you can look at the polls and turnout for the elections, and especially here in Alaska, where we have this new ranked choice voting system. You know, there's a lot of confusion around it. Nobody really knows how to use it, it seems, other than the Democrats. Um, and people were already feeling disenfranchised from the system, feeling like their votes didn't matter, didn't count. Because we keep getting the same types of politicians, you know, in Juneau and in D.C. and even here on our borough assembly. And, you know... Um, it, Somebody with a very loud engine and an American flag just drove by. <laughs> that's uh, that's some some muscle, some Detroit muscle, I guess. Um, but uh, Nick, you had said something about you know people want to know what to do about it, but and I don't quite remember how you phrased it, but but you have to be asking the right questions first, right? And you have to know what it is. Yeah, and, and the reason, <clears throat> and to, to expound upon that, you asked me about the World Economic Forum. The reason why we have that is this is all about conquering the West and dividing up the assets. They're coming for your 401ks. They're going to come for your property. Okay? Oh, you're going to be happy about it, too. <clears throat> We're going to be happy about it. And, That's what and Klaus... Here's the, the, the greatest strength of conservatives is our greatest weakness. We're a bunch of um ind- individually minded um isolationists yeah and and that's the problem <laughs> that is the root problem is we can't coalesce together we're all divided whereas the left the only thing that they seek anyway is power so they take the degenerates of society the outcasts um the non-producers and they coalesce them around you know free stuff free stuff it's it's easy the dumber the person is it the easier it is to con them Right, and the easier it is to get them to believe in a lie, okay. With conservatives, I just noticed that they're just a bunch of individuals, and sometimes they can't let their go of their ego to come together, and to and to admit, hey, listen, I don't have the solutions for all this, and I don't think one person does, like you were saying, and you made some really good points. So I think that's why I support Garrett is he's doing something. And he's, you know, it starts maybe just with a couple people at a coffee shop, but then it just grows and grows and grows. Look at the Tea Party a couple of years ago, and then we had wide sweeping changes. So I think, a single, I think a single word to define Garrett right now in this process is catalyst. Yeah. yeah. You know, a catalyst brings about change. If you right. think about when you add salt to water and then put a piece of uh, iron, piece of iron in that water, what happens to the iron? Right. Something arguably harder than water. All right, uh, it 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 destroys it. It, it crumbles it. It, it uh, so so a lot of these these um, these positions, these statements, these 
centers of power that right. seem to have been created that undermine our movement as conservatives mm-hmm. seem like they're impenetrable, hard, cannot be overcome. Mm. But really, it takes just a few catalysts. And if we remember back to the American Revolution, you know, everybody's heard this, uh, this term three percenter. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is a three percenter? Anybody? Three percenter. Doesn't have to do back when the revolution was happening. Three percent. It only took three percent of the three uh, percent population. Took up arms. Right. They were catalysts of a different kind. You know. Yeah, I right. mean, we're not advocating that people take up arms, and uh, I actively tell people when they start fomenting civil war or you know even addressing that um, here in the shop or on the street that I want no part of that conversation. You it's know, still a war. It's a war of information, right. though. Right, right. But, but they're but they're talking about you know uh, armed conflict, Vi- violent, and, yeah, no, and violence, and and I I think I look back to the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Sure. and see what his movement was able to do. And when we think of the the civil rights movement, there were lots of people involved in that movement. Um, and One individual, s- and and we think back to him. I mean, Malcolm X got a little bit of attention in the '80s with Spike Lee's or '90 early '90s with Spike Lee's film about mm-hmm. him, but um, but they were more of a militant side, right. and you don't hear about that. And 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 realistically, when you look at the the marches that happened or the big famous march where where uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. stood on the steps of the Lincoln Monument and addressed the crowds. And you've all seen the pictures of that. It's phenomenal. You know, but one thing I've noticed is I've not seen that picture or heard much discussion about the movement in that aspect for probably the last 15, 20 years. What happened? Because the whole time that I was growing up, that was annually featured. Annually, we would see something about that. We have a whole day set aside for Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw the media celebrate the civil rights movement and its greatest leader? And so, like you said earlier, you know, when the media tells you to look at this candidate and they minimize this one over here, you probably should start asking some questions about what are they doing because if they're minimizing this candidate over here, what what important thing do they have to say that we should probably be listening to? And in in in, in a like comparison, we can look at what they're saying about race relations today and what they're ignoring. I mean, we came out of a very dark period of our history on the heels of what Martin Luther King Jr. was able to accomplish with his movement as a leader of that movement. It wasn't his movement, but a lot of people participated. But that's not celebrated any longer by the media. It's not promoted by the media. It's not, it's not brought to the forefront of here is where we were once and we can be again. And the great unifier, so to speak, or self-proclaimed uh, Barack Obama probably did more damage to race relations in this nation you know, in his brief time in office than any other single political figure in, in my lifetime. And so, you know, um, I want to get back to the, what can we do about it? Because there, there's, if you don't go and vote, you're the problem. 
if you don't uh, at least talk to somebody in your church or your your neighborhood or on your ball team or you know uh, at your poker game or whatever wherever you socialize and you don't talk about these things that that mold and shape the future of our children and in this nation you're the problem you know there, there's this famous quote that nations get the leaders they deserve and i look to what's happening in alaska right now with our congressional race with their senate race uh with the the governor's race folks we get the leaders we deserve alaska has had a boomtown mentality since the first russians landed here it's all about exploiting and raping the environment and the the surroundings for personal gain and wealth. And there might be some conservatives that get mad at me for saying this, but I've lived in all the boom towns, or many of them. I lived in Valdez, boom town. I lived in Anchorage, boom town. I lived in uh, Nome, boom town. Uh, Soldatna, boom town. This place in 1911... Uh, the largest uh, village on the peninsula was Kenai, and I think, if I remember right, it was just over 200 residents. But then the Marathon uh, oil field was found, and it was the first oil discovery in Alaska, and this place became a boomtown. And everything that comes with the boomtown, the foundations that are laid down with boomtowns, are not firm, solid, morally-based foundations. They're generally based around money, yeah. greed, the love of money, which yep. the Bible says money is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, vice, so alcoholism, drugs, prostitution, you know, all of these things. And they form the fabric and the foundation of this place. It's embedded in our culture. And all we have to do today is wave a shiny PFD in front of somebody in this state, and they will abandon all other standards that they have promoted on the street. Many people, there are exceptions, but but we can we can see how people responded to this year's largest budget ever passed. And look at all these politicians running around beating their chest, talking about how how great they are for giving us the largest PFD ever ever paid out. We can argue about whether or not that was an actual PFD and where it came from and how it was funded and, and all those things. But a lot of these so-called conservatives, you know, once again, we're faced with the lesser of two evils or three evils on the ballot. Just look at our local races. You can look at our Senate race and who's on the ballot. You can look at our local House race for District 7, who's on the ballot. And then look at how they line up with true conservative ideals and then say, how did we arrive here where once again we're having to choose over the lesser of two evils people who are supposed to be representing me but don't represent me at all. And now, is it any wonder that people don't want to go to the ballot box because they don't want to sign their name onto something that they truly don't really believe in? That lesser of two evils. Because the lesser of two evils is still evil, folks. And so, really what it's going to take in my... And I'm sorry, I'm just monologuing now. Because this is stuff that's been on my mind for the last, I don't know, five months. And I'm arriving at this place where I'm really upset. Because the sort of like, uh, I've been unplugged from the Matrix. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm looking around at all the darkness and I'm going, wait a second. I was under this happy delusion that Alaska was this beautiful place of conservatism and individuality. And I conflated the idea of rugged individualism and a rebellious nature to conservatism. But those two things are not codependent. Now, they can co-occur. But in reality, we live in a boom town still. And I had the displeasure to meet Jim Mennery in person recently who is the head of, of the Alaska Family Council and self-promoting uh, you know, champion for life, the issue of life versus choice or murder, as I call it. And he was in our church, and we were invited to speak with him in the foyer afterwards. And I asked him, Jim, why didn't you endorse the strongest pro-life candidate that we've ever seen who was running for governor, Christopher Kirka? And the first words out of his mouth were, Chris is a nice kid. And I stopped him right there and I said, stop. Don't be patronizing. When did you run for office and put the target on your back? Then he made a statement that children are dead because of Christopher. And then I challenged him and said, what happened after Roe v. Wade was turned over? Which conservative stood up aggressively and called for a special session to roll out legislation that we all know is waiting in the wings? Nobody did. But then he made the assertion that Governor Dunleavy's firmly on the side of life. And then he made the assertion that, that uh, the only way to achieve protection of the unborn in this state is through an incrementalist approach with very small laws that just move the ball forward ever so slightly. And I made the argument with him, then if that were the case, we're almost 50 years departed from the time that Roe v. Wade was established as law or as, as case law. And if incrementalism did actually work, how many years would we say would be an, a, 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 an adequate time to measure to say, is incrementalism working? Because in 50 years, folks, we still kill children in the womb up to the day of birth in this state, legally. And Roe v. Wade cited Alaska law as precedent for its original case. And so, folks, when you look at Alaska and you believe you live in a conservative place, you're in the same delusion I was. And it's time to unplug from the matrix and realize that even though you don't like the lesser of two evils, you still have to go to the ballot box. And it's too late for you to do anything other than that this year, but you need to do that. You need to go to the ballot box in November. But the bigger challenge is you need to do what Liberty Action does. Liberty Action gets together weekly to discuss these things and then identifies people within the group to empower and support. And my hope, Garrett and Jennifer and the rest of the gang here, Pamela, is that we will see leadership emerge from this group in our school board, in our assembly uh, uh, council, assembly meeting uh, uh, seats for the cities and the, and the borough, that we will see a new crop of conservatives rise up and be that catalyst that breaks through the ironclad appearance of the facade that's been created, that this barrier to us making any change happen. Because really, 
if 3% can change the destiny of a nation, then surely 3% in our community saying, you know what, I'm going to stand in the cold at 20 below for a day in camaraderie with my friends to voice a position about tyranny, 3% can change our community. And so uh, that's my encouragement uh, in this session is that is that if you haven't checked out Liberty Action AK, you come check it out. We meet every Saturday at 1.30 here at Ammo Can Coffee. The other opportunity is Dry Bones Cafe over in uh, Kenai every Tuesday, I believe. What time on Tuesday does Christine hold her groups? So the precinct leader... Um I guess you guys, I think she calls it precinct leader kind of education. Right. Group, uh, that's held at 1130 uh, every every Tuesday at uh, Dry Bones. Right. So 1130 every every Tuesday. So so get active, folks. Yes, it's inconvenient. But you know what? Freedom is not free. And you cannot expect the ship of fools that's currently steering the course to steer us in the right direction. The only reason they will steer in a direction that looks familiar or preferable to us is if there is uh, some sort of uh, self-interest goal they can achieve. And everybody Whether, has a time, has, what do, we, what do we say, talent? Time, talent. Time, talent, and treasure. That they can, that they can uh, contribute to. So, so a lot of people will say, well, I just don't have the time. That's not true. You prioritize what's important to you. So if you talk about liberty being important, you're lying if you don't set aside time. That's true. And if you don't have the time, then maybe you can, uh, you can donate to a, to a group, right? Uh, treasure. That's, the, that's that aspect. You know, and so everybody's got their, their their paths that they're walking, and I really hope that this maybe inspires other folks to come out. Uh, we generally have a pretty good time here. There's a lot of really uh, diverse minds that come here, and uh, uh, if you want to come out here, great. Uh, otherwise, you can email us at uh, libertyactionak at and this is a it, this is kind of a strange email, I know, but it's postio dot de. That's p o s t e o dot. D is in dog and E is in elephant. <laughs> Liberty Action AK at postio.de. So do we have any final comments from the other folks here? Pamela, go ahead. Well, Jennifer did have something that she pulled up to share with us, which I think was very important. Relevant. Well, um, just the new um, ruling that a court order CDC to release data showing 18 million vaccine injuries in America have happened. So um, the truth will make its way out. It's slow in coming, a lot slower than a lot of us would think. But um, in closing, I would just say you beat to the drum of, you know, education and education is important. So um, I have found myself in the last two years reading more books um, than I have in probably my lifetime due to the fact that um, when we're looking for facts and we're looking for information to ensure that it's not propaganda, I like to be able to um, look at those references and pull up those studies and pull up the different people. Uh, and you can't do that online. You got the fact checkers and all the algorithms. Um, and so <laughs> it's really easy. Again, I just always 
kind of go back to Nazi Germany. You know, Hitler always said if he could get your population in fear, you could either lead them or mislead them. And we've seen a lot of that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is um, to divide is to conquer. And you were talking about that with Mm -hmm. the Republican Party. Um, If you're divided, they can take you down. And so I just encourage everyone in these meetings is to educate yourself. Learn. I think the last meeting I brought up, if I was going to actually um, go to war for our country and I was in charge of a platoon, I would not be looking at the strategies of Americans and what I would want to do. I would study the, the adversary mm-hmm. to be able to defeat them, to be able to yes. head them off at the pass. And so I encourage people that we're, we're dealing with Marxism, we're dealing with communism, we're dealing with all of that. And so I don't really study right now about the American Revolution besides um, some general knowledge. Yeah. But boy, man, I read a lot on the strategies of Marxists and stuff so I can call it out when I see it. And here's the other thing. As for me and my family, we will not participate if I'm aware of anything that the Marxists want me to participate, and if that just means, um, you know, I have to take back the power and control that I know, and when I call Dan Sullivan's office, when I call Ron Gillum's office, and I, with my complaints about what's going on, they've always said to me, you, the people, need to take back this country. And they haven't said that meaning to bring up arms, because that's another, just so everyone knows, I'm going to get that out there. That's a strategy. Of the other side, too, Hitler knew you get them to bring up arms, then you can squash it. So that's something you never want to do. But what we do is we take it back by realizing this is a Marxist strategy they've ruled out. What do we do to head that off? Through educating our neighbors, our family members. And so um, I I think that is a strategy and a tool, right? Um, I I have my own thoughts on this upcoming... uh, Ranked choice voting. I know people have said over and over with the propaganda that you have to participate. I don't agree with that. Um, I think we could have blown this up a long time ago and said, yeah, okay, you guys did that. We wasted a lot of time with fighting it in the courts, complaining about it, getting all the flyers and the state spending the money. And I think there was a really easy way a long time ago to just say we're not participating in it. And it would have went by the wayside. And we would have been smarter than the other side who implemented it and want us to participate. There's going to be so many people participating in this. Um, And it was rolled out to divide the Republican Party. The only party right now divided in Alaska is the Republican Party. That's Mm -hmm. on purpose. So, Nancy, as as we kind of close and wrap things up, do you have any, any final comments that you'd like to make? No, any encouraging words? It's always good to it's yeah, it's always good to, you know, as you look at some pretty dark topics to close things out with some encouragement. Yes, to just you know, I just try to stay positive and look for the good in people. Even even you know, we're all in this together. It's I mean, and I and I'm saying that like not not a, even a political thing, like every human being. This is like it's our birthright. It's our birthright to live, you know, peaceful, fulfilling lives. And it's like this thing about taking back power is like the power 
is within me. It's within all of us. So, you know, there's 8 billion of us and there's a small percentage of whatever who wants to control everything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really, I'm very grateful to Nick, everybody. Thank you. final comments? No, I mean, <clears throat> it was encouraging to hear some um, really bright people, you know, from the local community here today. You know, <clears throat> Hitler used to burn books. Now we just delete them. We don't need to burn them. We just delete them, right? So, I mean, I, I, I think I, I'm more hopeful that with as many bright people that we have in this community, very smart people, capable, I think the future, as much as in what's, you know, pulling a lever every two or four years is, you know, looking at some alternatives. And I think I think the biggest thing we could do is basically pull our kids out of public schools right now, you know, have, have and that's and I think I think that's where the future is. I think it's peaceful disengagement. And rather than trying to, you know, fix a diseased house it's easier just to build a new one at this point in the game and i think uh oh that's a great segue into the constitutional convention yeah <laughs> you so know if, that, if, that's where i'm at and, and it's just really refreshing to hear that some people have taken the time out of their saturday to come down here and to have this chat and um and it's every saturday folks so if you want to join the conversation come in down down to the shop and, and join it. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are a conservative social club, so just realize that. Um, we've had some folks from the other side who have stumbled in here, sometimes unaware, and have the shock of their life. And I haven't seen anybody with their hair on fire yet, but there has been some smoke. So um, realize when you step through the door, you're stepping into a private facility that is a membership facility. Right. Membership is free. We ask you to read... Uh, a simple statement uh, of purpose that we have here in the shop and agree with that. And then you can enjoy in everything that the social club has to offer. Um, real quickly, I wanted to read this piece by the Alaska Watchman just so that if you haven't caught it yet, this is uh, just some, some things you can do headed into the election. It says, it's not too early to begin thinking about how to maximize the voter turnout of conservative Alas Alaskans. In about two weeks, Alaskans begin in person. Sorry, I got a, <coughs> a frog in my throat. Uh, Alaskans begin in person special needs and electronic voting for the November 8th general election. The deadline to request mail in absentee ballots is October 29th. By October 30th, regional offices open up for absentee and early voting. After perusing, myriad voter turnout guides and websites. These are a few ideas that seem particularly pertinent for inspiring family, friends, fellow churchgoers, and neighbors into casting a ballot this year. Number one, transportation. If you're a member of a church, civic organization, book club, men's group, prayer chain, social group, or other association, Think about offering to provide transportation to voting locations on Election Day or for early in-person voting later this month. Number two, communications. Let those in your sphere of influence know why you're voting this year. We've got a U.S. House and Senate seat up for grabs. The governor's race, 59 state legislative seats and a constitutional convention question on the ballot. When people know what's at stake and why, 
they're more likely to engage. Time off to vote. If you own a local business, think about giving employees a little extra time to vote. How about an extended lunch break on November 8th? Tell people you voted. After casting a ballot, let your network of family and friends know that you voted. This can serve as a timely reminder to others that they need to get down to the polling places and cast a ballot. Location. Share this location with people so they know exactly where and when they can vote at polling locations across Alaska. There's a link there. Um, (coughs) Childcare. Consider offering to take care of friend or neighbor's children for an hour while they head to the polls. This can serve to increase turnout among busy and bustling families. You know what I do? I take all my kids and all of their energy (laughs) into the voting place, trying to instill in them a culture of participation. Throw a party. Last but not least, think about hosting your very own election central party with friends who took time to vote. Good food, drinks, and conversations may be all the motivation some people need. That might be fun to do with Liberty Action. So maybe we'll take that off the air and discuss that as a possibility. Anyway, that's what you can do, folks. And uh, again, I want to thank you for joining us uh, here at Ammo Can Coffee. Uh, with the Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. You can always plug in and see what there is that you can do to move the ball forward. Check out our website at ammocancoffee.ninja. That's www.ammocancoffee.ninja. Sign up to become a member. Check out the membership resources. We have a lot of information, interesting links to other sites that can help build knowledge and move the conservative ball ever forward. Remain vigilant and in the uh, famous, now famous words of Samuel Adams, we'll use a little bit of Latin here, nil desperandum, which means do not despair. Never despair. And uh, together we can win this thing and make our community a better place to live. Have a great week, everybody.